today is just general stocks to watch. We're just talking tickers that we like for this week. First, a quick review on who we are and, and what we're bringing to the table here. I'm a career data scientist joined by Tyler Tucci, who is a former hedge fund PM, now the head of research for Cinerai. Uh, what we do is we have built an AI machine that goes out and reads all the world's news and comes together with some consensus opinions on what's happening in the top 1,100 companies in U.S.-based stocks, so listed on NYSE or NASDAQ. Using that intelligence, we then layer on, on top of that Tyler's experience in trading in order to come out with some of the best ideas in the stock market for you and us today. We are not financial advisors. We are not advising in any way, shape or form. We're just talking about stocks that interest us uh, and that uh, and trends in the market that look interesting to trade. So for today, first, I want to start with a little bit of a recap of our experiment and how it's going so far. Yesterday was a I'm, I'm not even going to hedge here. It was a phenomenal day for us. Uh, my goodness. So on the one day models, we've got three days of track record going on there. We started uh, experimenting with this heavily on um, Monday of this week. Uh, I bought a whole bunch of stocks from that list Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. Uh, on the tickers from that list, almost all of them were up significantly yesterday. We had a, a rougher day on Tuesday. Tuesday, the whole market was pretty choppy, rough. CPI print came out, was encouraging. Um, and so we were long on a lot of the right plays there. Uh, Ford did great. Teva did great. Uh, uh, Taka Pharmaceutical did great. Um, a, lot of, a lot of really good momentum, a lot of those things. There is one that did not do great in a good way. We were short. Uh, we, we had some puts on Bumble. Tyler, what was that? Yeah, bumble, crumble, tumble. Uh, thirty-two here before before the market. Um, pretty good. That's that's about a double on our puts. Um, mission accomplished. Nice call, Eduardo. Um, nice to see the this this process and this framework, you know, continue to to bear out and and you know bore positive PL trades. So this is something that I talk about all the time in terms of our our earning scores and our our ability to predict uh when when kind of a clunker is 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 pending um has helped us on the trading side so this is something that we will continue to to put in front of you uh because i think it's it's one of the things we are we are best at so bumble has been uh i mean this is essentially another ride aid for us phenomenal call this was pretty good this was a 16 percent uh 16 move in the equity lower in four days I'll take that. Yep. So let's see what it is that admittedly Eduardo found. <laughs> but I want to point out why this system is doing what it's doing and, and why it's working. So let's go to uh, a little bit of a screen share here. And what we have here in Folico is the ability to chart out all the news happening around a company and how this is affecting how we're rating the company along six different dimensions, competition, earnings power, management, reputation, ESG, and systemic. So what we can see here is earnings power specifically, if we look at that definition, this is the financial results and growth track record of a company, as well as the trajectory and likelihood of future sustained growth. So it's all about the dollars and cents of a company, nothing to do with any fluffy employee or, or anything like that. This is just pure and simple. How is the money making machine of this company doing? 
And so what we see here is an aggregate view from all the credible news journalists writing about Bumble. And we can see here uh, not a significant uh, slope, but it is a downward slope. But I'll tell you what is significant. The rally from 1843 up to 3756. So in the space of what is that mid-May to mid-August, in the space of three months, the stock price doubled. What our earnings power was saying was that it has not earned that doubling. And so what that does is it causes a, a weight to happen on the price of that stock. And uh, as we're seeing now, it's it's trading close to what, 31 now this morning in pre-market. So down 10% in the earnings release. Now we use this specifically around earnings events. So releasing quarterly earnings, annual earnings, uh, and things like that, uh, in order to predict whether or not the market has gotten the pricing of this company wrong. Now, so far, you know, we had a bad week. I think it was two weeks ago. We had a rough week. Uh, and and we we're catching a lot of beta issues on that, right, Tyler? No, um, but yes, that was that was the Fed slash Apple Amazon uh, week. So I, I think we we learned a lesson there in terms of uh, trading when there's a whole bunch of other explanatory factors for price out there. Um, yep. I, I think some of our calls were decent in terms of what we expected the earnings to be, but the the prevailing breezes were just they weren't with us because of of all the volatility of the week so uh, you know it is it is nice to see and, and and be back on the right side of of things yep so we've been doing this uh in a big systematic no opinion just go after the opportunity on the charting and the models we have two things here we have this this chart here and and we use that actually that's a little bit we, we lean a little bit heavier on this then I'd say the, the models even, but then we also have some data-driven models that give us actual price numerical predictions on what the EPS will be uh, and the reaction to it and things like that. So uh, all this coming together to say, this is our methodology behind a lot of the good calls that we're making lately. If you're wondering like, yeah, we have a big victory on Bumble. How did we do that? Well, we went into Folico and that helped us make this trade, okay? So and when you see divergences like this, this becomes a weight hanging on the stock. And this is going to also inform a lot of the uh, estimations uh, and conversation that you're going to hear us talking through today. So all around, great job on Bumble. We've been doing this heavy for about six weeks ever since, well, the last week of June. Uh, we've been going heavy on the earnings. Uh, and since then, we've only really had one really serious slip of a week, and that was two weeks ago. And even then, we came out. Uh, my my whole portfolio on our bad week was down about seven eight percent yes it was it was more bad than ugly and and that's we try to keep you know we we control our drawdowns and, and things like that to make sure our risk reward profile remains in our favor um and and that's that's the hope is that the bad weeks are bad but not bad enough to wipe out you know any previous and future good work you're going to do and we went through that too. It was still when I was early in my options days. So uh, I made a, a couple just simple trading mistakes as well. If, if you know what you're doing, it's going to be a lot better off for you. All right. So enough of Bumble. What do we got to look at today, Tyler? So I, I kind of want to, similar to yesterday, start at the top and then kind of work down to single names here because this is for me personally, you know, not that anyone really cares. It's a very low conviction time. I, I do have a few ideas. We've talked about 
you know, our biotech long specifically, the more speculative ones as opposed to the acquirers that's already starting to happen. Uh, Global Blood Therapeutics was bought at a, at a very handsome premium recently. So we, we kind of think that's underway. But I was just thinking about this in the context of, of yesterday's CPI print reaction, what the Fed's going to do about it. Between 2000 and 2002, I believe the NASDAQ rallied 20% seven times on its way to its final resting place. Hmm. So, and, and I, I bring that up because we've seen, you know, uh, basically, I think about 20% off the lows. Um, already, people are starting to call it a new bull market, which is just fantastic. Um, so the, the, the real question and the real call is back to yesterday, back to everything being one trade, whether the Fed's going to be cutting in 2023 or not. This is the whole question is, is this one of the seven bounces on the way to, to the NASDAQ's final resting place? Or is this it? I mean, it, there's, there's a fine argument to be made that, that that was it and we saw the low in June. That's not what Folico data says, to be perfectly clear, but there's an argument to be made, and there are very good points behind that, some that I would have to concede, right? So um, that is the thing that is most foremost on my mind right now is one of two things are happening. Either we are underway of a, you know, a, a very rare bottoming process, I would say. I mean, the, the Fed is still actively jamming supersized hikes, you know, down the market's throat, um, yield curves inverted the consumer, you know, there's a lot of things that have started to not started to continue to impact the consumer. Maybe those are net net getting better, but I mean, inflation is still eight and a half, um, bonds sold off yesterday on a sequentially lower inflation print agricultural commodities were higher. So it was very interesting because the only the only asset that acted like yesterday was good news were equities. I mean, bonds were bonds were for sale all day. Um, the commodities uh, did did well, so that's really the the overarching question right there. And if if you could give me some some great answers that I could I could start to build a framework around that, that would be the question I'd want answered at the moment. Is this is either a bear market bounce, and you're supposed to be? We talked about getting short between like forty one fifty and your forty three hundred and spy. Or we're going to look really dumb because this thing's going to run another 10%, um, you know, before we realize what's going on. Uh, as Travis talked about yesterday, we kind of see everything bottoming in September. So it's not that we think, you know, 2024, 2020, you know, we're going to sell off for, for two or three more years. But we do see some pretty nasty forward returns in the next, call it a month and a half to two before you really get the real buy level. So in our minds, you're supposed to be trading this market and not buying. But that is, if I could bring it back to the top, that is the question. Is, is this one of the 137 bounces on the way to its final resting place? Or has, has something fundamentally changed that we've, we've put a foot in the ground and we're going we're gonna to head higher? You haven't heard me say any of that. So, so what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? Um, there, are, I, I think that there are three things that really drove this economic cycle to be as dour and negative as it was. Uh, and it, and it comes down to just prices, price of oil, price of housing, price of food. And all three of those things were really big shocks to some horrible exogenous forces like the war in Russia, uh, and, and, and just a, a whole trickle out effect. Now people don't, 
often like to admit that all three of those things were happening before Russia did anything. Yes. Before I, uh, Russia sensed weakness on the world global economic stage and realized that sanctions might not be as bad this time. And so they decided to take the opportunity and that made everything worse. But things were still getting bad before Russia. Just Russia really hastened everything. Right. Right. So there was some economic weakness happening outside of just that. However, we're seeing housing prices really start to turn around. Oil, what, yesterday it was at 89, below 90. That's that's amazing. You know, people were saying it's going to be above 100 through mid-23 and stuff like that. Um, uh, uh, thank you, CNBC. Um, and then there was there's the food prices and Ukraine being being the breadbasket of the world and stuff like that, right? And and all three of these forces are 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 going down. So I, I mean, does this speak to a lot of our inflation issues are starting to buckle down a little bit? Now I think that unfortunately a lot of the pain that the Fed has injected is nowhere near being realized fully in the market. That's the other question: is this is the fastest pace that? If you think about the G3 central banks, ECB, BOJ, and the Fed, this is the fastest they've been reducing their balance sheet in quite some time. And if you believe that those flows have been supportive to risk during the QE era, which, I mean, I, I, I think you'd have a hard time arguing with me that they've had no impact. Um, yeah. uh, when it turns the other way, the experiment has been it doesn't work for risk as well. I mean... The market got its doors completely blown off in December of 2018 because of this factor and because the Fed wasn't willing to blink. Um, so that's that's it's really that's really the question is it's a market beta question for probably 80 percent of these stocks. I, I always say there's there are, you know, in my opinion, uh, outside of Felico, just kind of fundamental evaluation kind of stuff. There are stocks that are there. Right. Like. If you believe in them, this is the level because it's either here or they're no longer a going concern. So make your stand because if you've done a good job valuating the company, they probably have a decent three to five year track record. But everything else is just at the mercy of literally March, March 23, December 23 euro dollar spread. Really, that's that's the fate of everything is 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 that is that spread pricing in more cuts or is it? You know, God forbid, will it start to price even hikes? I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get there. Uh, but this is something I don't understand. Talk to me why that matters. So at the moment, between March and December next year, there's about 75 basis points worth of cuts priced. So we say the Fed will be done hiking in December. They will be reducing the policy rate uh, between March and March and December of next year. So that would be generally supportive of risk, right? So the, the discount rate is lower. So on a big picture, the valuation between stocks and bonds allows stocks to, to have a premium because rates are lower. Um, and it's generally more supportive of, of financial conditions. Finan financial conditions loosen as the Fed cuts rates, at, generally speaking. And as they hike rates, financial conditions tighten. Financial conditions are basically, can you get loans? What is the, the ease or difficulty of credit? Uh, things that the nuts and bolts of the economy, basically the ease at which cash can flow through it. So if we have cuts and, and we, are, we are basically giving the economy and the market an IV, which effectively is what it is, that's more supportive for risk as opposed to if the if 
if the Fed's still hiking in 2023, the market is significantly mispriced. And, and that is ultimately the question is, do you believe the Fed will blink? When do you believe the Fed will blink? Um, I, I still don't think we're there yet. I think in, in the CPI report yesterday, a lot of the, a lot of the drop was airfare, uh, airfares, which are pretty correlated to oil prices. So it was like a double, a, a double feed through. I believe it was the Cleveland Fed their trimmed mean inflation actually went higher. So it's, it's. Well, and, I, I'm starting to see the trickle down effect. So it was those three things, energy, housing, food, right? But now that's starting to percolate through the whole rest of the market. Yeah. Now all the rest of the price. So what do you, what do you think of this hypothesis, Tyler? I, I got a, a burn when I was young uh, and it didn't hurt. I didn't realize that that's part of the reason why, why it was a bad burn. It, it burned all my nerve endings off. And so I didn't know that uh, it was happening. So it got worse, right? It didn't hurt till my nerve endings were healing. It didn't hurt till the, the actual problem was gone and my body was fixing itself. And I think that's the economy we're in. The unemployment rate is so low right now. Uh, economy, if, if you ask the average person, like what recession, right? I don't think we're going to actually feel the pain of this recession until we're on our way out of it. And a lot of those things like employment are starting to hurt from things like higher rates and things like that. So that's my hypothesis. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And that kind of goes with my theme of of that's kind of how the market is generally. We the last experience of a bear market 2020, we snapped back in six months. That, that just, that's not how that's supposed to work. I mean, it did work. So that's, that is how it's supposed to work. But generally speaking, if you went well, back. It was through, artificial though. That's not markets working. That's government uh, policies. But if you, you anticipate it and made the trade, you still get to keep the money. So, you know, that's, <laughs> so yes, you know, it, it wasn't, you didn't, you didn't deduce something, you know, it wasn't a single name. I I beat you on my my cash flow project. You know, my cash flow predictions were better or or whatever. But I mean, it's still a that's still the most macro of trades is the change of uh, the change of uh, monetary or fis uh, fiscal policy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to that point, now we have people who are holding some of these like high flying growth names that are down ninety percent off the highs. And it could take 10 years to get back to those highs. I mean, if you look at Intel in 2000, it took until pretty recently to, to even sniff those levels again. So, yeah, the, the, we, well, we, and, our, and our nerve endings are so burned off that, that anything could happen from here. I think we're more likely to see Intel reverting back to lows of previous, not highs of previous. Oh, my goodness, that company has problems. Yeah, that's, that's going to be something. If, if, if the chip, if the Chips Act is as forceful as as I as I hope it it could be, and Intel is still a bad company after, because I have to imagine that like Intel becomes a new the new Boeing. I mean, ultimately that didn't work out for the Boeing stock price. But while it was you know while it was good, the getting was good. It ran to whatever that was four fifty or something before we before it came back. So like being a being a a covert sovereign or a semi-sovereign is, is generally not terrible for business. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on that one. That would actually be, that would make me, that is the only thing that would make me a buyer of Intel is if the government's like, listen, same thing, artificial. We're just going to prop you guys up because we need X, Y, and Z and the American company, you know, so that makes sense. And that is something that I've been thinking about, but generally speaking, yeah, that's a, if, if they have to compete in a natural market, that's a, utter disaster for them 
Yeah, and when has the government propping up an industry ever worked out poorly for the American taxpayer? Never. <laughs> Looking at you, railroad industry. <laughs> Thank you, Amtrak. Anyway, um, all right, so, but this is stocks to watch. So what stock should we be watching? Okay, so there's a couple things. So, and instead of taking you into Folico, Okay, fine, fine. We'll start with this. So I thought about starting with semis, but I'm going to start with the other thing I'm, I'm super annoying about lately. So this is my favorite short. This is, this, is, uh, this is informed by technical analysis. This is informed by my view of, of rotation within a bull and a bear market. And importantly, it's informed by Folico. So... God, I, I, this is a great spot to be short at because you know that you're wrong with those three levels overhead. Um, I think that's, that's in terms of my favorite idea, a trade I have on ABBV. Uh, I own some weekly puts that I started Monday and Tuesday as basically a way to stick my toe in. And then I'm going to, uh, I'm looking to deploy the anchor position. Um, which will be some longer dated puts. I'm looking for probably closer to, and Folico's target is about 120 in three months, in a little under uh, three months, call it two and a half months. So we're looking for a, a pretty good push lower um, there. And and that's, I'm going back to, to something I, I have kind of harped on as the growthier names have reached levels that it, it's tough to justify shorting again. The names I'm looking at here are the names that haven't been knocked over yet. Um, you know, we'll go and we'll look at like healthcare. So for that, that chart is, is improving. Um, basically it's been dancing along the 200 day moving average and I'm looking for some resolution in either direction. I think it's going to be down. I'm open to it being up, but those are my two favorite short ideas are, are healthcare and ABBV. Um, the the problem on the long side here is I don't, I just, I never feel good about adding after, you know, 10 or 15% linear moves. So that's the real problem is there aren't any stocks that I want to add right here, right now. There are some that, that I would add back lower. The, the names that I think are longer term, pure fundamental buys I already own and I'm not looking at them. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see those guys in, you know, 2024, 2025. Those are, I'm looking for, you know, 200, 300% upside in the equity. And, you know, I'm willing to take as, as much pain as, as I need to. Um, but that's, that's not a stock to watch for this month. Those are stocks to watch for the next five years. And that, you know, bores most of you. So, you know, I, I won't go into it. Um, now, with, with Abvi, a quick question. I, I know that they've had some really big headwinds lately. I, I think one of the biggest headwinds is they've they've lost uh, a lot of competition, uh, competitive advantage with some of their oncology products, right? So they're getting a lot more competition, especially in their blockbuster drugs. Is there anything specific about the company and their, their business or anything like that that would cause you to think this this company is not going to be doing well over the next few months, or is it uh, just just on the technicals? It's it's more of those three things I mentioned. It's as a technician, I think it should go lower. As a you know, on a on a relative value cross market 
evaluation, especially because it's a um, dividend play as well. So it does have a rate component. Um, I just think this is this is the right one. At the end of moves, you have to kind of finish taking down the leaders of the previous move. So that would be that would be phase three. But I will show you, and this is the trick, right? Who cares what I think? Let's see what Felico thinks. Okay. You love to see it. Problem number one, declining profitability. Problem number two, sales growth. Problem number three, loss of market share. <laughs> Problem number four, demand. Problem number five, earnings. All right. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> What is it that I don't like about this company? <laughs> yeah. What what more can I say? Um, so, and, and what you're talking about there is the negative issues on the right-hand side, which is, again, extracted from our AI models, looking at all the news articles around this company and, and seeing that there's a cluster of issues around these five factors. So uh, I, I noticed that a lot of these are... Um, fundamental economic factors uh, about the company and how they're positioned against their rivals. And if a company's positioning against its rivals is faring poorly over the, the medium term, then we've seen that as a big signal of bad news for them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, if I was going to, if I was, before you had asked me, what are the problems going to be? If I was just going to make up problems off the top of my head, it would be those. So like, <laughs> Well, and can you go back to the overview? Because there's one more thing I want to point out. Yes. And then we'll look, go to these health now, factors. Now look at the positive. Look at the positive and compare them to the negative. Vaccines, new products, change in dividend, dividend yield. Four of the top five things are things that their leadership can talk about and try to convince Wall Street they have value on. But none, none of the four of the, those four things I just listed, none of those four things are actual things that the company reports and that the leadership can't control. So as a leadership team, you can control the narrative on certain things. And one thing that we like to do is when you're looking at the issues, take a close look. Are these elements things that leadership can control by spinning words? Or are they things that Wall Street is seeing as they're reported by law? The negative issues are all things reported by law. The positive issues are all things you can talk about. And that's something that we see on that midterm model where we're doing experiments on this actively. But this is something that you see happening where you're like, this is this is informing my view of this. Now, I will say change in dividend and dividend yield was a positive thing when the market first started getting bad. March, April time frame. There are a lot of companies that uh, people were looking for safe havens and that dividend yield was a big piece of that safe haven. So people were looking, can I extract capital even if the price hurts me? Uh, and so there was a time where that was a positive thing. Bear markets, the hypothesis that we have currently is that that's, that's going to be the issues that you want to focus on on the positive side. Uh, but we'll be bringing you that analysis in depth later. Check out these health factors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some definite gravity there. That Yeah, that's, don't you love when a plan comes together? I mean, that's, this is how we like to use Folico. We use it, we we go across, it's like a big checklist. Okay, how the health factors, rolling over, awesome. What are, what are the things that are detractors? Oh, the worst things possible? Awesome. Okay, another thing in, in the, in the bear camp. What's our price forecast? Oh, way lower. Great. Okay, three of three. So 
Folico gives a, you know, it's thumb of approval, uh, thumbs up of approval. Then you move on to whatever your risk management system is. Um, and then kind of see, okay, how am I going to size this? Where am I going to be long? What's my stop thing? You know, the actual management and execution of the trade, you get to move into that phase. Oh, oh we're getting an Eduardo tip. Freeze everything. Yep. <laughs> Eduardo has spoken. Henry, Jack, and Associates. Okay, so let's let's start by figuring out what they do for a living. Because um, I'm not going to lie to you. I... Digital payments? Digital payments? Uh... Is, this, is this one reporting? This one's reporting in five days. Okay. We'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you next week on that one. I need to do some homework in terms of, of liquidity and, and the actual nuts and bolts of that stock, i.e. if we're right, will it go down? Or are there other factors that, that are going to be at play that will supersede our model? But yes, again, nice call, Eduardo. This is exactly what we're looking for. And that one, in my I opinion, mean, is slightly- almost a photocopy of Bumble. Well, it's even better than Bumble because it's the it's making a right. Bumble was just kind of flat. This is not only low, this is low and accelerating lower with a stock price that's completely run away to the upside. So give me, let's see, what's today? I promise I will cover that one next Monday or Monday or Tuesday, whenever we do our, our earnings uh, call. That will definitely be one I include uh, and I will kind of do some digging and making make sure for example this isn't like there's not some story with this stock that we don't know for example is this uh is this a short is there a short seller battle going on in this one in that case sometimes you don't necessarily want to be involved because positioning is just going to dictate it doesn't matter if you have a great call for example and when are they releasing uh five days so that'll be next tuesday so we'll cover it on monday monday okay Great. All right. Now we are at time, unfortunately. Uh, so thank you everyone for joining us today. This has been uh, Folico Live. We're talking through the, the tickers that we like today. We, we talked a lot more about macro environment and, and what the ideal kind of positioning uh, elements would be. Uh, but join us again next week. We're going to be talking through another round of earnings. Jack Henry clearly on the docket to talk through. Uh, so thank you, Evan, for joining, and we'll see you next week. We are on Monday through Thursday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and thank you for joining.